us go in deeper in God. Not only us going deeper in God, us becoming deeper as a people. And in order to get deeper, in order to grow in anything, there's a cost to that. There is a cost, one of the greatest book, Christian, if you're ever gonna read, read it. It's by a guy called Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Dietrich Bonhoeffer is one of the greatest Christians ever. He tried to assassinate Hitler. He wrote a great book called The Cost of Discipleship. He was a pastor, he was a professor, he was a German guy, wonderful, wonderful. It doesn't get better than Dietrich Bonhoeffer. And his, the name of his book was The Cost of Discipleship. It has to cost you something. It's gonna, this, this walk is gonna cost us, but understand the yield you get back from God. You can't compare it to the stock market. You can't compare it to anything in this world. In other words, the cost is worth it. The Bible says, Hebrews 12, verse 2, for the joy that was set before him, Jesus Christ endured the cross, despising all shame, and now he is seated at the right hand of God, right? Because in other words, what was laid before Christ was greater than what he went through. And someone was actually saying, wow, that must have been a humongous reward to be able to outdo the cross. And so anyway, that's just a little bit of introduction. My passage of text is taken from Matthew 5, verse 43. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But listen what Christ is doing now. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your father who is in heaven. For he causes son to rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. It's in this, for if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Non essentially, do not even the tax collectors do the same? If you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? Therefore, as a comparison, you are to be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. Clearly that's not gonna happen this side of heaven. But when you see, you have heard it said, you shall love your neighbor and your enemy. For I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. So a bar is raised, right? A bar is raised there because Normally, that's what people do, love those who love them. But Christ is raising the bar. What, what is the standard? What is the standard that Christ is using? Divine love, agape love. And what is the standard that he is displacing? Worldly love, tit for tat. You know, you scratch my back, I'll scratch your back. That's what he is talking about. He is 
telling us that we are to grow into this standard. What are we mimicking? If we say, if we say our heavenly father, right? A person's behavior is to mimic that of the person that actually gave birth to that person, right? We know that it should be in alignment. If you are saved and you have the Holy Spirit in you, you have the divine nature. So understand one thing, what God is telling us to do, we are perfectly capable of doing. It's, so it's not the capability that's in question, it's the willingness to do it that is in question. When people say, uh, uh, I can't do it, especially when it comes from a God-given mandate, there's no such thing as you can't do it. Now, there's such a thing as I won't do it. Yes, I won't, but not you can't do it. God is inside of us. Now, is this mandate uncomfortable? Absolutely. Will we get hurt? Absolutely. But there's no one that can hurt you that God's power cannot heal. It's just like, you know what that's like saying? It's like saying that no one can commit so much sin that it eclipses God's grace. In fact, doesn't the Bible say that where sin abounds, grace much more abounds? Right, where sin abounds, grace much more abounds. And we know oh, how much history you've read. But, oh my word. Even if you just read, even if you just read the history of the 20th century, just that 100 years of history, there's some incredible evil that took place. But it doesn't matter where sin abounds, God's grace abounds much more. Where pain abounds, God's joy abounds much more. Where brokenness abounds, God's fixability abounds much more. There's nothing that can happen here in this sinful world that heaven cannot take care of. God's heaven can ex extinguish any fire that hell uh, caught, lights up, anything, any problems that hell causes, God can outdo it. That's what we have to understand. God is not sending us out to the slaughter. No, 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 no. God has got a solution. God's power took the sting out of death. You imagine. And so I just say this because, of course, I know, like, uh, there's many of us on here who've been traumatized. Of course, last thing you want to do is go through that again. But you won't. The greatest mandate God has given is not go to Pharaoh. No, not preach, not anything, but to love others. 
That's its greatest mandate. That's the end of the law. And if we are loving, I'm telling you, God is blessing, really. And so I always say, I say to you, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. You, I'm telling you, anybody here who starts doing that, watch your life start to change. Really, this is really a big kingdom mandate. I'm telling you, all of this stuff, I know that people like to do, oh, I, I clean the church. Oh, yeah, I go grocery shopping for the pastor. All of that. I'm not saying that people should do that, but that is not a kingdom mandate. This is the mandate about loving, right? About loving. And it's not that people shouldn't do those peripheral things, but this is really the mandate that God has given. This is how people see that we are children of God. Jesus said, they, they will know that you are my disciples by the way that you love each other. Yes, a lot of people are almost, oh, I don't want to do that. I have a, a, a fear. Yeah, it is fearful. You are going to, there's no way can you love your enemies without sustaining some kind of wound. There's no way can a man go to Afghanistan or, or, or uh, um, Iraq or Vietnam or anywhere to war without sustaining some kind of wound. That wound doesn't have to be physical. There's a psychological wound, knowing that people he talked with over there are now dead. There's gonna be some kind of wound. The only difference is, of course, government, man, man is impotent. Not only can man not do anything about those wounds of those soldiers, in many cases, he doesn't even wanna know after the war, but God, wants to know you are a soldier of Jesus Christ as Paul said in Timothy but God wants to know God wants to heal God wants to cover those wounds God wants to fix really and this is what we have to tell ourselves because here's what the enemy wants to do when people do hurt us when we are loving you're a sucker you are an idiot no we have to get another interpretation because it's weak people that talk like that. It's weak people that only give what they can get. No, it's strong people that surpass that. Okay, look at look at the general in the last castle. Who, do, who wouldn't respect that man, right? Who would not respect that man? This great big general, and if you think about that movie, The Last Castle, why did this big six-star general die? He died for a little private called Aguilar. That's why he died. Really, if you connect that, why did Jesus die? For the least of them. That's why Jesus died, for the least of them. But is what we have to start going by now not the world's definition of love but the kingdoms that's what we have to start going right now and what we have to start doing is not seeing this about loving our enemies as theoretical but as intensely practical 
You think about it, this is a statement. When a man's ways are pleasing to the Lord, it makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. What is that almost saying? That when your ways are pleasing to the Lord, he can fix any problem that you have. And this is the way that is pleasing to the Lord. When you take the attitude, I am gonna love like Christ loved. And yeah, of course, it takes some getting used to. Because instinctively, when we are hurt, we just have a visceral reaction to hurt. No, none of us want to turn the other cheek. None of us. Now, you read anything about uh, Martin Luther King, that's exactly what he did. You know, a guy, a guy went up to him in a, in a hotel, put his hand out to Martin Luther King. Oh, Dr. Martin Luther King. Martin Luther King started smiling. He reached out his hand. The guy smacked him in the mouth. Martin Luther King fell on the floor. He fell on the floor, holding his face. You know, the only thing he said, what Martin Luther King said, wow, that white boy can hit and just walked out. I said, well, that's a man of God. That is power. Really, that is power. Now, if he would have jumped on that guy, out of fire, that's weak. You know, there's a, um, um, a movie about uh, um, um, Jackie Robinson with, uh, uh, where Harrison Ford was, is like a, a Bible-toting mentor. And he says this statement to him. Jackie Robinson, just they're all, of course, calling call Jackie Robinson the end word. And he says to Harrison Ford, do you think I don't have the courage to fight? And Harrison Ford says, I want you to have enough courage not to fight. I love that statement. I love that statement, really. And that's it. This is what I mean. We have to redefine things in kingdom terms. Does Jesus have enough courage? to actually start reviling those people who are reviling him and spirit on him. No, Jesus Christ had the courage to overcome that and not do that. Is Stephen have the courage to start throwing stones back at those people who were stoning him? Yes, he did. Stephen had more than enough courage. He had the courage not to throw any stones. That's how we need to start redefining things because if when we is what is what hurts us when we go into a situation and we go into a situation we get hurt by someone it's our interpretation ah see i'm a sucker again oh it must be written all over my face oh well oh, it's all about how we define it how about this okay they hurt me again look what they did to jesus he is my model and he did it because of the joy that was set before him. I know if I am walking in the ways of God, God is going to bless me. I am going to be long-suffering. I'm telling you something now. You loving your enemy, you are going to be hurt. But loving your enemies, God is going to fix you. Don't worry about Oh, well, I've been traumatized before. 
I have been traumatized, but I didn't know about God then. Now I know about God. Now we have to have the faith that, God, I am trusting you that when I love my enemies, if I get hurt, you are there. You are greater than any, you are EMT squared, squared, squared past that. You can fix all of my wounds or make my wounds so heavenly. I'm glad I had them. Really, look, look at Joseph. Look at all the suffering he went through. This is why his brothers, oh, we spent a lot of time in prison. Oh, we did a lot to this guy. Joseph's almost happy. Oh, no, that, oh, you just got me to where I needed to go. I just went, got, we, I just went away that uh, I wasn't expecting. That's all. Oh, that little, and that's what God does. We, if we want to be blessed, we have to get deeper into God. The greatest faith you need is not to get bills paid, but it's to do this loving that God wants us to do. Yeah. Listen, some people look, oh, what a sucker. Paul said, we are fools for Christ's sake. But watch God give you the energy. Watch before you know it. The things that used to bother you won't bother you anymore. It's just like people go into the gym when they first start. Oh, wow. I feel so weak. They get stronger. They get stronger, really. And we are talking about the supernatural power of God. This is the test of that scripture, Ephesians 3.20, you can do exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask or think through the power that works within you. And don't forget, the scripture says that God has given us everything pertaining to life and godliness. What is godliness? What is an example of godliness? The ability to love others. We can do this, really. We can do this. That has to be our main goal. I'm doing it so incrementally. As I'm seeing people on the roads, and anyone who lives in New England knows it, there's a lot of reason for getting upset on some of these roads around here. Believe me, but I'm doing it incrementally. Let him go. Okay, it cut me off. Let him go. Let him go. Developing that gradually. In fact, here's one thing. That is one way to look at loving people and getting hurt. Look at what you're getting out of it. The spiritual development, the growth. And this is what James essentially says, consider it all joy when you fall into various trials and tribulations because you are developing patience, which patience takes you to all different kinds of character development where you are perfect, lacking nothing. Okay, let me connect that here. Now, look, look at what it says in verse 48, uh, chapter 5. Therefore, you are to be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. I mean, we know we are not going to be perfect this side of heaven, but we are on the way. We are on the way. And we are on the way to receiving that great welcome. Well done, 
thy good and faithful servant enter into the rest of your Lord. Ooh, that is wonderful. So this is all about loving. Remember that the theme of your work is about loving. And Paul said, doesn't matter if you have all the money of Jeff Bezos and you're giving it away without love means nothing. No. So the theme is love. Forget that foolishness. Oh, they got to change. They got to change before. No, you got to change. You've got to change. Work on yourself. We are to love. And you know what love does? Love doesn't try and control people. Joyce Meyer said that people try and control people don't care about them. Really, we influence people. We influence, okay, all right. Let's see what he says. Let's, let me take you to First Peter. I see this power of influence, what God says. First Peter chapter three. So just one, listen to this. First Peter chapter three, I'm gonna read from verse one. In the same way, you wives, be submissive to your own husbands so that even if any of them are disobedient to the word, they may be won over without a word by the behavior of their wives as they observe your chaste and respectful behavior. In other words, you have influenced them. You have influenced them. Clearly, this is not a mandate to just be a doormat if your husband is not going to change because it's to be led by the holy spirit so i would not just give a blanket statement why just be submissive no no but what god is actually saying there give it an opportunity right for the holy spirit to work in touching your husband and the holy spirit can do that when you actually submit and really it's submission to the holy spirit that he can wow wow i like this christian maybe i'll go to church with him wow wow and that's happened so many times so many people who like got saved first oh yeah Robert, i got saved first yeah and then sometime later my husband got saved oh and he became oh oh wonderful a oh, wonderful wonderful man so what we're talking about now is love influencing oh, i talked the other day i spoke the other day about um that movie gunfight at the ok corral wire herb the uh, bible toting uh sheriff and doc holiday doc holiday a gunslinging hard drinking womanizing gambler now Dark Holiday was so influenced by Wyatt Herb. He put his guns down. A guy threw a drink in Dark Holiday's face, and Dark Holiday was there. I'm not gonna fight. That guy would have been dead in about two seconds if it wasn't before Wyatt Herb influenced him. I'm not gonna fight. Really, anyone can be influenced. Please, what's that move? Gunfight at the OK Corral, 
But at the same time, also the great thing is that Wyatt Herb took a lot of stick for Doc Holiday too. His brother, Wyatt Herb's brothers came to him, Wyatt, there's a lot of people talking, you you hanging out with Doc Holiday, a, a man like that, Wyatt. Doc Holiday has always been straight with me. He stays. Really, this is how it works. Sometimes, you know, and many times changes on working for God, you will be uncomfortable. You will be put in awkward position. All of that is gonna happen. But what you are gonna get back from God, not people, not forget that, not people, and you need faith to believe this, it's gonna be worth it. As I said, where I started with Hebrews 12, verse two, for the joy that was set before him, Jesus Christ endured the cross, despising all shame, and now he's seated at the right hand with God, nearly all through Jesus' ministry. He was uncomfortable with the, with the uh, religious leaders. They went out of their way to make you uncomfortable. Now look, his disciples don't wash their hands. Yeah, his disciples don't fast, or they work on the Sabbath. Oh, he does this. Oh, he does that. Jesus carried down. We have to get ready to be awkward. We have to get ready to be uncomfortable so that we can ultimately be comfortable. Really, so that we can ultimately be comfortable, so that the true power of God can work through us. Really, when you are representing God and you are influencing, you are doing true evangelism. True evangelism has got nothing to do with giving out trials. It's got everything to do with demonstrating the character of God. Paul said, we are the living epistles to be read by all men. So this is Christian, this is what true Christianity is. Some people think it's going to church, some people think it's Bible bashing, all of that. No, I've heard so many stories of people at thank, uh, uh, Independence Day, Thanksgiving, get togethers with the family, or using the Bible, bashing it. But it has no power because their lives don't demonstrate it. They don't demonstrate the love. Oh, you're not gonna come to church? Oh, I'm not gonna tell you that. Oh, forget you. No, really, this is the way to do it. Long suffering. Get ready to be uncomfortable, but also get ready for God to bring comfort. The comfort of the world is no comfort whatsoever. The comfort of God, as I said, for the joy that was set before him. What was set before Jesus was not the applause and accolades of men, no, it was the exaltation of God. Now Jesus has been highly exalted and given a name above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Really, he is our model for blessing. Watch God fix your family. Watch God fix your entire situation. Whatever you are lacking, do this. You will not be lacking. I'm telling you, walk in love. This is the way to blessedness. Mm -hmm.